This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, I'm Sherrod Kutin along with Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sunny taking up to 10 o'clock with the SM show. Oops, there you go. That's stocks and markets. That's stocks and markets, in, in, in case you're thinking of something else. Um, today we're going to talk about SPACs, uh, which is uh, short for Special Purpose Acquisi- Acquisition Companies. Uh, these were very much in vogue uh, f- about a few years ago, and so far five uh, SPACs have been listed. Hibiscus uh, apparently is the only one uh, with an uh, operating qualifying asset. That's right. In fact, uh, you know, if, if we are in the realm of SPACs, uh, I, I think the only company that we can actually speak of notably is Hibiscus Petroleum. Uh, but if you can look at the Hibiscus Petroleum share price, it actually dropped more than 50% last uh, yesterday. And uh, in fact, uh, tr- the trading was actually suspended because of this drop. Uh, generally speaking, spec is not a good idea to do, uh, you know, to, to go into new greenfield businesses. But I guess, you know, sometimes you just can't avoid this uh, this whole business model. So why is it uh, that these, uh, you know, vehicles are created in the first place? I mean, what is it, are they best for? If you're saying this, is, they're not good for greenfield, what then what are they good for? Well, the stock markets are uh, a platform for you to take all kinds of risks. Uh, there are low-risk investments, there are also high-risk investments, and there are also very high-risk investments. And uh, SPACs actually fall into the category of very high-risk investments because what exactly you're doing is you're placing money into the hands of uh some expert managers so that they can work this money and look for assets for you to buy. So it's like you, Sherrod, giving me money, uh, trusting me with your money, and I go out there to buy into some assets. And uh, the specs that have been issued so far, oil and gas assets, which of course have been through very turbulent times over the last uh, year or so, last two years or so, uh, the oil price have crashed. So uh, like in all things in the stock market, no guarantees of returns? Absolutely not. Uh, no, no. In, any investment that you make that has a guarantee would uh, give you very, very low returns. For example, uh, uh, fixed deposits. Uh, that's one of the things. But uh, just going back to hibiscus. So um, it's a stock that is uh, has is yet to bloom. It's yet to bloom, right? <laughs> hibiscus stocks yet to bloom. Yay! And uh, margins. You know, yesterday they they experienced what are called margin calls, right? Because a, a lot of these stocks are being purchased on borrowed money uh, and being collateralized by the stock itself. So so when the stock price is falling, uh, the broker, the holder of the collateral will start selling this stock to raise money to pay for the debt that you owe them in buying uh, that, that particular stock. And that apparently was what happened yesterday. And mm-hmm. I suppose that is a way to exacerbate the fall. The, the stock falls and then the margin calls happen, uh, making the stock, stock fall, fall further. further. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's running down a hill faster and faster. And uh, I don't know whether they will recover from this because remember that Hibiscus was about 1 ringgit 20 cent a stock uh, in December last year. Right now, they're hovering at about 25 cent, 30 cent, about that. Uh, I haven't checked this, the board yet today. So yeah, I guess uh, that is the problem uh, with uh, SPACs uh, because sometimes you do have to uh, get uh, these uh, margin financing and so-called to actually buy for uh, these kind of stocks. Uh, but uh, is this 
basically taking a cue from an insider because the market might take a cue from the insider. The CEO has been active with his own shares. Uh, he transferred 2 million shares uh, on 28th of October. Um, there's some uh, also pr- uh, shareholders like the Mercury Pacific Marine Private Limited. They've also been selling. Uh, 3 million shares were sold between uh, late of uh, October uh, last week. And they still have about 7% worth of shares left. So I don't know, is this a signal from the market as well? Yeah, I think you can say that that's one of the factors why the share price or any other share price fall uh, because the insider, the people who are in the know are doing things. But also, um, you can say that uh, earnings and the performance of the company uh, unsurprisingly hasn't been very rosy. Uh, they've booked hibiscus that, that is have has booked losses throughout its history. It's very disappointing uh, for a company that was listed four years already. Uh, investors' patience may be running thin, uh, but also given the large amount of hype surrounding its uh, 3D oil partnership, uh, this was touted as its virtual drilling technology. Um, this significantly increases the chance of success in drilling for oil and gas. Uh, allegedly. Really. Alle- allegedly, yeah. but uh, of course this... Uh, is subject to the vagaries of all prices that we, we see. The vagaries. Um, and other vagaries of all prices, I think uh, we have to look into uh, the uh, market-driven activity. People tend to go into oil and gas because of the high uh, yield that you may get uh, from production of oil that can result from anywhere between $30 per barrel to $70 per barrel. You can sell it off at $100 per barrel. But right now, we know that oil prices uh, globally has slumped uh, to below $50 per barrel. Of course, we, we did see a bump slightly, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. You have to look at the whole year price. And, you know, generally speaking, oil and gas is an unattractive uh, industry to go into. So, um, you know, uh, I guess Hibiscus was quite in the middle of a, of a very poor sector to be in. Uh, but um, <clears throat> credit to Hibiscus is one of the only specs that have uh, made its uh, qualifying assets. Uh, that has a deadline. Uh, you know, the, the, all the money that these specs collect uh, have a deadline to be spent to be invested. And Hibiscus is the only one. And now it's graduated to a full-fledged oil and gas company. Now, we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we will actually talk about the other spec, which is Sona Petroleum, mm. uh, which is making a second attempt uh, to move in its money into a QA, BFM 18. 9.9. Good morning, you've just joined us. I'm Sharad with Julian and Ibrahim. We're going through the SM show, and if you're lucky enough, you'll hear a couple of whips. <laughs> Oops. Oh, there, there you, you are. That was what they call gratuitous whipping. Uh, I didn't deserve that. <laughs> we should only give whips yeah. for those who deserve it. Okay, what's up next, Julian? We are gratuitously talking about SPACs this morning, a special purpose acquisition companies. Uh, we talked about Hibiscus being the only SPAC that has uh, made its uh, purchase of qualifying asset and has now graduated to a full-fledged oil and gas company. Uh, the other one that's making a second attempt to spend their QA, uh, to spend their money on QA is Sona Petroleum, of course. And of course, this is the second attempt at buying a QA. Uh, the first one was a failed attempt to, to buy some sort of a Thai oil and gas asset called Salamanda. <laughs> I like how you put it, some sort of a Thai <laughs> asset. <laughs> uh, they That's avoided- punishment. That's yeah. fun. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a punchline, isn't it? Uh, they boarded it uh, because uh, they basically the regulator said uh, it would be too slow of a purchase. Uh, so Sona lost out on a competing bid. Um, so right now, uh, Sona is looking at buying uh, uh, another oil field or another QA 
called the Stag Oil Field. Uh, this is located in Australia. In fact, uh, about 60 kilometers offshore of Western Australia. And uh, it has a 50-meter uh, depth of water, um, which is uh, uh, rather shallow, actually. Um, and they, ha- they have been in production for uh, a few years now, but, um, since 1998, actually. And uh, the idea here is that they want to buy this uh, oil spec, uh, sorry, this QA at a very attractive price uh, at about 50 million uh, US dollars. Now, I'm I'm pessimistic about this purchase because, again, we saw specs not making uh, uh, good of their purchase acquisition. And uh, if Sona does pull this off, then the question is, is it a good time? Because uh, oil prices are at record lows anyway. So it's, it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't. So that's, I think, that's where you're at. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's uh, highly relevant. Uh, and there are two sides uh, to the argument. First of all, uh, is it a good idea to buy into oil and uh, oil assets right now, especially in exploration and production, given the very volatile oil prices? But on the other side of the equation, you would be able to get an asset on the cheap because of the situation right now. So uh, these are very stabilized assets uh, because specs uh, don't want to take uh, a lot of risk by going to something that is uh, in, in the greenfield uh, stage. Some some do, actually. and In fact, um, uh you know, some, some of the other specs are, are talking about that. Uh, but this one, I think, is an old oil, oil field. So mm-hmm. it would be stabilized and it would be uh, providing some sort of a possibly, hopefully, regular income to its holders. Right. So this is not for people who want a quick return on their investments, perhaps people with deep pockets uh, and time on their hands? Yeah, that's true. I well, mean, I, I mean, it's volatile. It's volatile. So anything, the, the, the riskier the product is, uh, the more returns that you expect to get over the long term. But in the short term, you've got to be content with uh, the kind of things that are happening, the kind of factors that are causing oil prices to be very volatile. So not for the faint of heart. Not, you know, so every time the stock market goes up or down or the prices go up or down, you kind of have a little heart attack. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is the thing, right? I'm, uh, whether or not SPAC is going to be a, a problem for the future, I think it will be because this is a classic agency problem with most with most spec pardon my English with most specs. Um, management has a clear incentive to buy a qualifying asset before the expiry date, but shareholders might be best served uh, with the return of the cash if there are no suitable cash uh, uh, if there are no suitable assets to be bought or a suitably priced asset. Uh, and this is this is the idea of uh, which interest do you serve best or better. I'm not sure if I totally agree with this argument, although I think it's valid and it's uh, relevant because uh, in any stocks, uh, uh, not not just specs, right? In any stock uh, management, uh, sometimes may not have the same kind of aspiration as the shareholders and vice versa as well. Uh, you've, you've got concepts like class A, class B shares uh, in the United States. And recently, we were also faced with questions of conflicts when uh, a company like IOI Property is buying, uh, spending one and a half billion ringgit to buy over the assets of the personal assets of the owner. But as far as uh, SPACs are concerned, I think the SC uh, Securities Commission updated their rules on SPAC uh, uh, not too long ago. And SPAC shareholders actually are protected in the sense that 90% of the IPO uh, SPAC money has to be put in a trust account. And if you voted no uh, for the purchase of a qualifying asset, you can get back that 90% of trust money in full. Uh, So Mm -hmm. the the shareholders uh, at at that level are very well protected by the rules that as you have made.
Now, of course, when we talk about this as well, we have to remember that uh, everything is revolving around currency and sometimes the impact of a weaker ringgit on IPO proceeds from SPACs do take a, do take a toll. Uh, let's take a look at Click Energy, for instance, CLIQ Energy. Uh, their listing date was in April 2013. Uh, it was three ringgit against the dollar and IPO proceeds as of listing was about 360 million ringgit or about, uh, because it's three times, so it's about 120 million US dollars. Um, but if IPO proceeds as at uh, if happened today, it would be at 88 million ringgit. So that's a change or a drop of 27%. More than a quarter of value would be lost. So this will happen uh, uh, preceding this uh, event because we can't stall an IPO if the IPO has been scheduled for a certain time. Um, and if you do stall it, then it will reflect badly upon the shareholders. But I guess this is the common problem with going against uh, a very weak ringgit in the market. I guess it's also a continuation of the discussion on whether there is an agency problem, whether uh, management's aspiration represent the aspirations of the shareholders. In this case, uh, they, are, they are forced to uh, buy into an asset at a time when uh, the industry is going through some very challenging moments, as well as the ringgit has weakened sharply. Uh, the other thing that... Uh, also causes uh, some kind of problem is the fact that you're investing in expertise and there is mm. no easy way to value that kind of expertise mm -hmm. because uh, the how, how, how is the management going to be paid? Yeah, that's true because uh, management is going to be paid with either a big salary or a big bonus or, or is it supposed to be given with more shares than, the, than, than others? Um, there is no basis of a, quant a quantitative basis. It's always the number of years that you've worked, the number of projects that you've worked. So this barometer of changes will continue to happen. So I guess it, doubt, it does boil down to the arbitrary position of the management to decide that this guy is valued more and we will pay them more in this manner than others. But this is an arbitrary motion and this is a problem that specs face actually because so, of the expertise. <clears throat> so question, right? What if um, somebody says that uh, you pay me because I'm an expert uh, and and uh, issue shares to me at one cent uh, and list, uh, the listing price of these shares is 70 cent, right? Uh, which is what happened before. Uh, the multiple of IPO price uh, is many, many times higher than what the managers receive them. Uh, would you actually invest into the stock? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I it's, would. It's oh, tough. It's, it's tough, tough because they're experts, but they want shares on the cheap. On the cheap. Well, hold yeah. on. We're going to talk about experts, right? Within a particular field, uh, people become known as experts. They're well-regarded. They have published. They are reported. They do interviews. And your expertise is, a, is uh, a function of, you know, your visibility, for instance, in the public sphere. So, it, it, so it's not that people are just making claims out of thin air, right? You can actually verify if somebody says they're an expert. But how much do you pay this person? Uh, do, you, do you create money out of thin air, uh, which was what the original uh, structures of SPACs uh, tried to do until the Securities Commission actually changed the rules and uh, accorded investors a, a lot more protection? Yeah, agreed. Um, and uh, I think what is more important is uh, back to your question, Julian. I don't know <laughs> whether or not I would be pay you know one cent for the share, but later on, I, you know, knowing very well that it might earn seventy cent or eighty cent during the IPO. I guess in many ways, you know, uh, what somebody gets paid is also a function of what you think the future is going to hold. Experts might have brilliant ideas and you pay them for those intangibles, don't you? Right. I, I guess the argument here is really the governance structure of um, SPACs. Of course, when you make an investment, is 
uh, you you have to be aware that it's risky. Uh, the the regulators are not there to protect uh, your uh, to make investing decisions on your behalf, right? You make that you take that risk on your own. But uh, the regulators are there to ensure that the playing field is level. Governance structures are transparent, and that is what SE has done. And of course, uh, people uh, 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 in their zeal to form all these specs are looking at other areas as well. They're looking at retail specs, FMCG mm, specs, you know, property specs, and so on. In fact, retail uh, specs as well as FMCG specs have obtained, uh, particularly FNB, sorry, has obtained a regulatory approval for about 400 million ringgit worth of IPO. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.